Hello, everybody, and welcome to Star Talk, a podcast presented by the Aniston Star. I'm Philip Tudor, a columnist here at the Star, and I will be joined today by the Reverend Dale Clem of Aniston First United Methodist Church. Reverend Clem is well known in Calhoun County for his ministry and has been active over the years in his advocacy for the poor and homeless, both here in Aniston and throughout Alabama. He's now entering semi-retirement and moving to Huntsville, which is why he's joined us today. Here's our interview. Uh, Welcome, Reverend Clem. I appreciate you uh, joining the podcast here today. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Phil. Um, The reason I called you and asked if you could do this is because I noticed where you had announced that you were leaving Aniston First United Methodist Church. Uh, I don't know if you call it your retirement or not. But that's, in my opinion, that's a big blow to the city and to your congregation. You have quite a following here. Um, can you kind of walk me through that? Why have you decided at this point in your career and your, this point of your life to, to make this move? Well, I, um, I uh, thank you for your kindness. And uh, I, it, it's a hard decision to make. Uh, I've been in ministry um, over 40 years, and uh, I love what I do. I love preaching. I love teaching. And... Uh, and leading a church, and I love Anison. I've really enjoyed getting to know people here and getting to know the history and just being involved in people's lives. So it's really hard hard to leave. I, um, I, 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 my wife works in North Alabama, so we're kind of in separate places. My family is, is, uh, in Huntsville. So it's, uh, it, 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 I've lived kind of separately from them for about four years, and so I've decided that uh, it's it's a good time to kind of get back together with my with my family. Sure. And uh, sure. So, so that's really the the main reason. I think if if my family was living here with me, my wife, and you know we were able to be a team here, that would be a very different kind of thing. Sure. sure. So, so, but and and also it's. Uh, you know, with the with the United Methodist denomination having some troubles or, or going through crisis like it has been, it's not been as much fun as it used to be. <laughs> sure, sure. Now, help me out. Your your wife Kelly, which church is she working at in North Alabama? She's a district district superintendent, which is like an administrator. So okay. she has about ninety five churches from Florence, Muscle Shoals, Decatur, Hartsville, Priceville. Um, that northwest corner of the state. Okay, and you're going to which? Are, are you going to work part time at a church in North Alabama? Right, I'm retiring from full time ministry if that's possible, and going to work part time at at Montesano United Methodist Church, which is a church I pastored for twelve years prior to coming to Aniston. You know, one thing that I've that I've always been interested in in terms of you and your time here uh, is that. You know, you're not an Aniston native in that you didn't, you know, this isn't where you've spent your entire life. You know, your profession has taken you to other places. So when you came into Aniston, you you were familiar with the city, certainly. But yet part of it, you know, it, it might have changed a little bit since you, when your family was in uh, the northern part of the county and uh, and so forth. And the city is kind of an odd place, in my opinion. I, I kind of think of it as, as an enigma has great promise, it has a fascinating past, great people, but it's losing population, it has political drama sometimes that get in the way, again, that's my opinion, 
Um, and it has some fairly steep issues with poverty and homelessness. I'm curious what your opinion about Anniston, the city, in the year 2020 is. Well, Anniston, um, I, I think is like so many cities across America. As as times change, we we're 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 trying to you know adjust to 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 the changing job market economies. I think, the, of course, everyone here would say the closing of the Ford had a huge impact on our city. And um, when you know I was at JSU for nine years, mm-hmm. so so I, I knew a lot of people in Anniston and in Jacksonville in this area. So I um. So, so since I left, Fort Fort closed and things have have, have occurred in the city. So um, it, it is a different city. The population is draining, and um, we don't have the leaders in the city that we once had. Mm. Um, it seems to me, but I, I think we still have great possibility and great promise for the future. Mm. We the the racial issue is is certainly real poverty is real it's it's no worse today than i think it, it was when i was back here before in the 90s hmm. the 80s and 90s i i remember i i used to bring students down and work at the old soup bowl hmm. on thursdays and we and we you know one of the things that that i was always concerned about is poverty i would i did presentations at the university and around the state, really about poverty in Alabama and poverty in Anderson, because back then it was 25%, and I think it's probably about that right now. Right. You're right. But let me ask you this, though, Reverend Clem. Do you have hope for Anderson? Absolutely. There's always hope. That I think uh, the coronavirus right now is really challenging to us, but it's also you know there's things we can learn from it. One of the things we can learn is the need for for internet access for all people. We need hot spots around Anniston. Mm-hmm. I've talked with some leaders and and school board members about how can we make this possible to have hot spots so people. And, and that live in poverty can find at their community center, for instance, some you know, internet connection. Um, we we realize now that 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 middle school and high school students may have Chromebooks, but we need mm-hmm. we need something for our elementary kids. And so, yeah. so I think that, that that we're learning some things that we need to advance in in with the school system. When you return to North Alabama. You'll take fond memories with you, I'm, I'm assuming, of Anniston and Calhoun County, correct? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> That's good to hear for those of us who are, are still living here and share your thoughts about both the city's progress and possibility and it's what it needs to do. I'm curious also, you know, people who know you or at least know of you, it's, it's no secret that you've been such an advocate, um, a public advocate for the plight of the homeless and the poor in, in Alabama and, and whatever, particularly in whatever city you're living in at the time. And that certainly has been the case here. Why have you always been so adamant and so public with your concerns about the homeless and the poor? Well, I've read the Bible and in the Bible, we, that's just a primary emphasis and theme throughout the, the scriptures is we are called to be, you know, advocates for the poor and homeless and not just be selfish and think about ourselves. And so if you really take the biblical mandate seriously, you're going to uh, break out of your 
your comfort zone and get to know the strangers and the aliens, people that, that you're, that are not in your circle, so to speak. And I have found that, that I've just delighted when I've got to know people, not everybody, of course, but, um, you know, people have stories and they're mm-hmm. interesting. And, uh, if, you know, I, 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 one of our homeless people, um, who, who, who we started working with at our church and I remember they were staying at the Salvation Army a few years ago and we were having, we provide a breakfast on Sunday morning. So they came, he came up and started eating with us. He ended up joining our church and now he's, he's got a job and he has a house and, <laughs> you know, he's really come through. And yesterday he sent me a picture of a fish he caught. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> you great. Know, he, he's, he's an interesting person and yeah. he's my friend. Sure. And so, uh, these people are not just uh, 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 crazy people, you know. They're yeah. they're 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 people with stories. Uh, there's a number of our homeless people that are that have served in in combat, you know, mm. in wars. Mm. And I, you know, just to sit down with them and know their names and hear their stories, they're very interesting people. All around us are are interesting people. Sure, it's it's always been kind of my assumption. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Reverend Clem, but that there are pastors in the Christian faith, the different denominations of the Christian faith, some that are very active in these social issues like you, and others that tend to, for whatever reason, not speak out as much publicly. Um, and you've, again, you seem to be someone who has always wanted and felt obliged to, to speak out. Why do you think some Christian pastors of whatever denomination aren't as active in their support of help for the homeless and the poor? I think we're all shaped by different experiences in our lives. We're shaped by um, our travel, our education, our mentors. And um, I, 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 I don't want to judge others for, for the way they, they um, act or pastors, how they are, you know, just some are more drawn to be active socially and mm-hmm. in the community and others are not. And I don't want to judge that one is good or one is bad. Okay. I just think we, we've been shaped differently. Sure, sure. Have your stances, your public stances, have they ever brought you any kind of grief from your congregations <laughs> here in Alabama? Of course. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm not trying to bring up a bad memory or anything, but... Uh, yeah, I think that any time that... Um, we have a, 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 a leader, um, a spiritual leader who has a stance that's different than, than what we've been taught or what we've been led to believe and that challenge us. Our first re- response is, is, is one, to, well, we have to attack them because if, if what we've been taught all of our lives is not true, then what, you know, what does that say about us? And so I, I'm, I'm very understanding when people are upset with something I did. My, my first, my first week or two here in Anniston, <laughs> I, I, we were invited to, uh, clergy leaders or not everybody, I guess, but some were invited to go to the worship and, and just get to know the Islamic community, mm-hmm. the Muslim community. And I'd been, good friends with uh with muslims in huntsville and Mm -hmm. in other places and 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 
used to even just gather when I was at ASU with some Muslim students and and Iman, and we would just have silent prayer together. And, you know, so it wasn't unusual for me to be um, among Muslims. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went to, to meet these people. I'm new in Anderson. I went to meet and your paper put me in my picture praying <laughs> there in the mosque. And, uh, and it just upset a lot of people and oh, a lot wow. of people made fun of me and said oh who is this crazy person this hmm. how, how can a, a christian pray in a mosque and my response was well i can pray anywhere sure, <laughs> you know, sure. i'm praying to jesus but i can pray anywhere and uh you know and, so, the, and as you know reverend clem the imam here in anniston at the mosque has been very supportive of interfaith activities and reaching out to the community. So I'm not surprised that you were able to have that opportunity. I noticed um, there was a story from, I think it was March of 2019, the uh, General Conference in St. Louis, which um, I believe you attended. And there was a story in the newspaper there um, where a reporter asked you about some of the issues in the Methodist Church at the time. And one of those was being the discussion about same-sex marriages. And you had a couple, uh, two quotations in that story that I'd like to read back to you and see if you remember them. One was, you said, quote, I have a lesbian couple who is supposed to join the church this Sunday, and I hope they still join. And then the other one was the reporter asked you about the possibility of performing same-sex marriages uh, in Alabama in the Methodist Church, and you said that, quote, I would be brought up on charges I probably would lose my credentials. I know you well enough to know that that sounds exactly like you because I know you support equality like that. And But I was curious from your standpoint, if you could, as a clergy member, if you could kind of walk us through the Methodist Church and its current um, debate, if you will, about same-sex marriages and, and where does the church stand right now on that conversation? Right. Um, yeah, let, let me just respond to the, to the quote. That, that lesbian couple did join our church. Well, good. Um, and uh, we were glad our church has been very open. First Methodist has been really open to all people. And I think one of the things that this whole issue, none of us were really excited that, that it was thrust upon us because it's a painful issue because there's such division about it, but one of the I, I got a text yesterday from from a person in response to my leaving, and they said, "Well, that I don't know that it was you, but the circumstances of the last year have faced made our church make a decision: do we love all people or don't we? Hmm. And we we've decided to love all people, and so that's good. Sure. <laughs> so um, the, I, I was delighted, to, you know, just to get that text. And you know, I, when I think about my ministry to innocent same sex. Marriages are, are is not the, the number one topic, of course, that, that that's on my mind. But in the in the denomination, you're asking about the denomination, right? Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Our general conference was supposed to occur in May hmm. next month, and it's been postponed. We just got the new dates. Um, will be August 31st through May or through September 10th next year, hmm. 2021, in in Minneapolis. And so at that time. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, at, this, at this point, Reverend Clem, if I could stop you just to clarify, yeah. same-sex marriages are not 
able to be performed in Methodist churches in Alabama? Is that correct? Or am I that, that, is, that is correct. Okay. That, just like you quoted, if I were to do that, I would be, if I were to perform a same-sex marriage, I would be brought up on charges and probably lose my credentials. Right? But, the, but the church is not prevented, obviously, from um, having gay and lesbian memberships, uh, members in the church. That's correct. Okay. And and you would like to see the same sex marriage change uh, issue changed in the Methodist Church? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I I, I think that that we limit ourselves um, to do to be pastors and to be in ministry to people. Um, I think each church and each pastor um, needs to be able to make up their own mind in their context. Um, I don't know that Aniston, for example. Um, as a church, we would want to have um, allow weddings to take place in our church, but I think we would need to be able to have the option. Sure, sure. Um, and the and the pastor needs to be able to have an option. And so I, I'm an advocate for for if you're in Atlanta and the majority of your congregants are gay, lesbian, or family members, and they want to have that, then that church in Atlanta needs to have that opportunity to have the weddings in their churches or in their church. The same, you know, cause we have churches all over the country that are doing ministry in different contexts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in rural Alabama, for instance, there may not be a, a huge population of, of gay and lesbian people that attend that church. But if, if there were, then I would like for that church to be able to fully minister to them and treat <laughs> all people as, as, as equals. Sure. I'd like to get back, circle back a bit to the city of Anniston specifically for a second. And it's always struck me, and I've lived here 30 years, and I've attended your church for four or five years, so I know quite a bit about it, both historically and as a, kind of as a writer and a part-time historian and as a, as a member there for a while. And Anniston First has always interested me because of its, literally because of its location. You know, it did not relocate to, over the mountain. It did not relocate to a predominantly white part of town as some churches in this city and all over the country has during, you know, since the 50s and 60s. Right. And that basically places your church, you know, within shouting distance of Aniston's historically black neighborhoods, and many of which are predominantly poor. I'm curious what it's been like for you pastoring a church that's virtually all white, not all white, but most mostly white in its congregation. And yet you are in you're so close to a part of town that is that is minority and poor. I mean you, you kind of you know sit on an edge there of, of two different communities. Well I, I, I think that I, I would say I, I was when I first came, I was pretty naive. Hmm. Um, and I think that I probably didn't read the situation accurately hmm. um, because I kind of thought that that we we would we could welcome African American people, Hispanic people into our church, and they feel at home. Mm-hmm. And our church has gone way out of its way to welcome homeless people and African-Americans into worship. And so when they do attend, people just are so nice to them and just right. are just so excited that they're home, coming. But, um, but what, 
But what I didn't realize was they may not feel so comfortable hmm. there. Hmm. And um, so one of the obstacles that that I think we have not been able to overcome is to help African-Americans feel comfortable. But, you know, our style of worship and just the, just the different classes that are there, mm-hmm. it's just really quite a big obstacle that, that we haven't been able to overcome. Sure. And so, in, you know, we've had some really powerful worship services with African-Americans attending. Right. We were partner churches with an African-American Methodist congregation in Glenady, and we did joint services together. We went down there. Mm-hmm. They came up here. And um, that that was just so rich and so wonderful. And and then that church closed, and he said, well, please come and join us. And I took a, 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 probably 25 of them out to top of the river for lunch and said, okay, we just want you to know how welcome you are here. And people in our church went. And, but they just didn't come because they didn't feel comfortable. And, 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 uh, in fairness, Reverend Clem, I'm assuming that's not just an Aniston issue, that that's, that's as much of a cultural issue between the races anywhere in this country of, of getting people absolutely. to break down those barriers and be comfortable with each other. That's correct. That's correct. And it, and it's, and, and, and I think I was just naive and thinking, Oh, well, you know, they'll like our music and get along <laughs> with my preaching and, and they just weren't, you know, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, and yeah. so I've had to just step back and say, okay, I kind of just was wrong. Sure. <laughs> it's okay to admit that you're wrong. I mean, that, that that's probably a very human uh, tactic to, to take. I'm assuming the flip side of that is that it would be different pastoring a church that was so far removed from neighborhoods that that were minority and that were so different from your church. If because if I'm if I'm correct in knowing my history of your church, that at one point it had an opportunity to decide whether it wanted to relocate out of downtown Anniston and it chose to stay where it's at there on Noble Street. And That's correct. I, I'm assuming that it, you know, that Anniston First Methodist would be very different had it moved to Golden Springs or had it moved to, to the former Fort McClellan. Right. Most of the downtown churches seem to have, only white downtown churches have moved. Mm-hmm. And um, are we the only ones left? Maybe so. Um, well, you've got, in a sense, you know, the, the first, first Christian church um, on the other side of Quintard is still in its original location. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you have some instances like that. Certainly Grace has never moved. But, um, it, it's, but on our, our side of Quintard, we're yes. yeah, only you, ones. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, um, do, let me ask you this. Do, do you get frustrated, in a sense, with not being able to make some of the progress on these issues that we've talked about, whether it's there at Anderson First or in the city itself? Well, I, you know, we all have this desire to make a difference and to be successful and to, um, you know, but, but that's not really what our calling is. Our calling is to be faithful um, to and, and rather than successful. And at the end of the day, when I'm, Go before the throne of God. You know, God's going to didn't. He's going to say. He's not going to say were you successful. He's going to say were you faithful hmm. to the best of your ability. So, I have to just trust that. You know, mm-hmm. and trust that uh, we live in a strange time. You know, religion and denominations, especially like ours, are on have been on the decline for fifty years. So it's not sure. like. Uh, uh, any one person is going to reverse that, but also just trust that God is still at work in our midst, 
you know, Anniston First is still a very strong church, and we think about all the time what different Anniston the community would be if our church wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would be a very different community because our church has really led the way to so many things um, yeah. to reach out to the community. That kind of leads me into uh, my last question, Reverend Clem. And, and how do you think your time here is going to be remembered? I mean, you have a large following because, as you had mentioned, you've been at JSU and you had been in other parts of the county and... Um, now you've been here for four years or so, and you're gonna. I'm assuming you you think you're gonna be living here with a good reputation. That certainly is my opinion, but I'm curious where you feel about this. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know that I'll be remembered. <laughs> I think um, you. I think you'll be remembered. <laughs> I think people in the community kind of um, they 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 kind of noticed, like you said, that I've been involved in the community i think people in the church uh, we've made some hard decisions about changing worship times and worship work the way mm-hmm. we did worship which mm-hmm. which no one likes you know nobody sure. likes change so i'll be remembered as the guy who changed worship even though <laughs> it wasn't just me it was the church leadership but sure. um but that's that's how i'll be remembered probably well reverend clem i do a Thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to join our podcast here today and um, certainly wish you all the luck to go back home with your family to North Alabama. I'm sure it's going to be a, a, a better thing for you and your wife and your and your children because being a, a part like that I'm, it could not have been that easy to do. Right. Well, thank you for inviting me, and I wish you the best luck and wish the Anison Star um, success in the future. Thanks for listening to this episode of Star Talk which is available wherever you normally get your podcasts. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. The Star thanks all of our newspaper subscribers, but if you're not one and you'd like to subscribe, it's easy. Just go to anistonstar.com slash subscribe. This is Philip Tudor. Thanks for listening to Star Talk.